So welcome everyone to the Raising Men Show, and I'm one of your hosts, Craig Carlisle. Uh, my sons and I are not in studio together today. I've got some great guests that are here. I've got Mary Louise Page. Oh, sorry, I go back because it's a Dr. Mary Louise Page. She is my aunt, so I will get a chance to rave and be excited about her, and I'm always excited about her. She's my father's sister, and my father's no longer living, so my aunt has always been a great person in my life, even though we have don't always talk sometimes for years at a time. But over the last several years, I've tried to make a, a, a very focused effort to make sure that the times between when we speak is much shorter than they've ever been. So she and I, when we talk, we have a tendency to go extended conversations so sometimes we need to pack a lunch clear the schedules and we talk a lot but it's a wonderful thing to have because she's got such great seasoned wisdom and I mean, not to mention she's you know i don't have my, a father anymore that i can speak with she's a great substitute and my mother's gone too so she, it's also great to have her um in my life and to be on camera with me at any point it's always an awesome time and i also have got mary annette beak with us on the phone she's oh sorry here on zoom Hey, Annette, she's a great uh, person. She's also out of the state. She's in the great state of Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> great. I also, she's a great singer, rapper, speaker, even a, even a talk show host. She's led a show for many years, and it's an awesome thing to have her on camera with us today. And so what we're doing, we've got the topic, a series that we're in right now is called Some Lessons. And I'd like to say, because we're selling the merch for it, and then check out our website. We'll post it there where you can find shirts like these. And the saying the Lord gave me several years ago is some lessons I have to learn, others I have to teach. And in these time with us, we're, we're dealing with the subtopic of it's our anniversary. And in those times of dealing with that anniversary, in these lessons we have to learn and lessons we have to teach, our lessons, we've lost a spouse. So we're dealing with the lessons learning of how we're dealing with the anniversaries of our of our spouse's passing. How is that in our lives really affecting who we are? How are we dealing with the lessons learned about even holidays and even the anniversaries of the, the marriages as they go by? How are we learning those lessons and teaching other of these lessons of how are we dealing with those anniversaries? Anyone feel free to go ahead and start. I, I don't want to be the host and dominate the conversation. I'll jump in and out. It's an open dialogue for anybody to, to speak. How are you guys dealing with your anniversary? Dr. Page, I don't care who you're on mute, I think. Annette, you want to go first? Okay. <laughs> um, well, first of all, good morning, Craig, and thank you for the invitation to be part of this great conversation. I feel very honored and privileged to be um, a part of this. So I, I just want to thank you for that. Um, it's been two and a half years for me since my late husband passed. He um, passed in July of 2020, which was a rough year for all of us. Yeah. Um, but that added an extra layer for me of um, difficulty being in a time of isolation, being in a time where the things that were normal were no longer normal. I didn't, you know, I couldn't go to church. I couldn't meet a therapist in person. I could, like, you know, things were very different. So my grieving process for the first year um, was a little different than, than what most people might experience because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, the first I found, what I've learned is that the first, the first Thanksgiving, the first Christmas, the first New Year's, the first... Mm -hmm. 
all of the first, those were really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, you're already in a state of kind of like a, what they call widow's fog, mm-hmm. where even time doesn't even feel the same to you anymore. So you're just kind of like, you know, existing, if you will. And so when the anniversary, for me, when the anniversaries of anything came around, my body would feel it first. Hmm. I I would begin to manifest things like stress or sadness or like just uncontrollable crying days before the actual event would happen. Wow. And then... I also learned that, you know, in remembering how we used to celebrate those holidays and and anniversaries together, now we're not going to be the same. And so I had to face, you know, the reality, well, I'm not going to be able to celebrate in that way because he is no longer present. And now I have to try to figure out how to celebrate with with us that remain the survivors me and the kids and my mom and the people that were part of his life that loved him so you know um the lesson that i have learned so now that you know the second year was a little bit different and now i'm coming on my third year um and i find that every year my approach and my perspective is a little bit different because now I have the first year experience. I have the second year experience and I can look at it from um, fresh eyes. Mm -hmm. What I've learned is, you know, celebrating any special holiday or anniversary, any kind of hallmark that we have in our lives, it's very individual, Mm -hmm. right? How you celebrated is going to be completely different than how I celebrated. Yeah. So to give myself permission to create new traditions and new things that I can incorporate that, that can still honor what we had, but celebrate where I am today. I'll give you an example. Last Christmas, the first Christmas, I didn't have it in me to bring the Christmas tree and all the ornaments and down from the attic. I didn't want to look at any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I bought a new tree. I bought new ornaments. I bought new decorations. I just, I knew that within me, I did not have the emotional capacity to go through all of the stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to leave it in the attic and we're getting everything new. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I took one of his old shirts and I had a date with the kids and my mom and we made ornaments out. We cut up his shirt and we, I went on Pinterest and I found a way to make ornaments out of fabric. We created ornaments and we hung the pieces of his shirt on our tree. Mm. So he was still part of the new tree it was the old shirt that he wore was part of the new tradition but i didn't have to go through the painstaking emotional um you know process of looking at all of the old stuff because i didn't feel ready and i knew i wasn't ready and that's the key is to know where you are 
mm-hmm. to know what you're what you're capable or where's your emotional capacity. And if you're not ready, you're not ready. <laughs> right. So that's just an example of one of the things that I've done. There's been, of course, many holidays that we've, you know, that we've had to um, push through. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate that for sure. I definitely can relate to several of those. I remember in, in my first Christmas and for in, in first it had been 10 months since her passing till we got to that Christmas. And I, and I was hoping I was going to be ready for that event. I was hoping I'd be ready for Christmas. I was nowhere ready in any capacity. I remember the, of course the kids, they, they were ready for, they were excited about Christmas. All they knew was, you know, presents and gifts and blah 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 and all that holiday hoopla but i tried to get involved i tried my best to do something but to your point of actually trying to get the holiday presents down the visit the the tree and the ornaments that was Mm -hmm. i didn't realize what it was going to do to my body i knew i didn't want to do it but i knew i had to for the sake of the kids i kind of had to you know soldier through but I remember bringing ornaments and gifts and stuff, not gifts, but ornaments and stuff inside the house. And I was found myself moving really quickly because, mm. and I'm thankful that the gifts and you know, the ornaments and stuff were in the garage away from them. And I was the only one out there because there were moments when I had, couldn't touch it. I had to kind of get wow. myself worked up into, and I would reach for one and I was just, it's almost like it had like this repelling feeling towards it. And I yeah. remember I kind of walked uh-huh. away several times and coming up and down the ladder and, I found myself kind of bringing stuff in 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 a rush into the house and I'd set things down and I kind of had to go back out in the garage and take them in. And the kid, that kids were like, dad, where are you going? I'm like, Oh, I forgot something in the garage. I'll be, I'll be right back. I remember just dashing away. Like I I was on a track meet or something and Mm. I would get to the garage like just in time because I was hyperventilating and, you know, getting lightheaded and, you know, trying not to cry. And I'm just trying, I needed a minute to kind of catch my breath and, I've come back in the house. Okay, great. Did you get what you needed? Oh yeah, I got it. You know, all good. And we would be trying to put things together. And I would only touch the tree because I had to get to the higher parts, right? To put it together. We had a fake tree, so it's a semblance. But there were moments where I was like, I would just watch them. I wouldn't put anything on the tree. Like, come on, dad, get involved. Can you do this? No, let me get you some stools. And so I got them step stools and other things so they could reach the higher parts because I I didn't want any part of that and i would have to again dash out to the garage and they keep thinking i would you know try my best to kind of slowly kind of i'll be right back but when i got to the garage it was like and and, you know wiping the sweat off my brow and i was just so thankful when the process of putting that thing together was over yes it got easier thankfully over the years but that first year that's a wrap that first year is wicked hard. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it is. It absolutely is. I enjoyed hearing both your stories. Um, Craig, you are definitely on the right track. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about what happens after the fact, like what, what we're doing today with somebody that understands it. And this is really, really great because hearing how you all did it, for me, it's been, are you ready? 15 years. And I have to get beyond thinking 
that somebody is thinking I should be beyond where yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't, I, I know better. Yeah. I know not to think about that. But I'm thinking, oh, well, you've got a right to still be kind of dealing with this because it's only been two and a half years. Yeah. And I look at the calendar and I try. I, I'm convinced that the calendar is correct. <laughs> it must be. It, it must be right. Yeah. <laughs> if there's a if there's a some cognitive dissonance going on, <laughs> it must be me, right? Because that that thing said, is it really 2022? Mm. I don't know where all those years went. I I you know go, thinking back to the first one, um, I'm I'm feeling a little emotional too. This I don't think I expected to. 15 years, I'm cool, you know, I'm good, right? But I'm feeling a little something. Um, it is different. The first year, as you said, um, Annette, I think, yeah, what was the hardest, we have this huge blended family, like 11 kids that were pages. Every year since he and I were married in 1973. Every year, our house is the party house. It's the, it was the party house. It was the biggest house, almost even in our neighborhood, because we doubled the size of the house because we kept adding kids, you know, whatever. So we got all these kids. But I don't remember some things about that Christmas. Mm -hmm. and and I don't you know am I disrespecting something I, I don't think so but it's some things I do not remember I do know that that first Christmas was so horrible because we I, we had all these people that came over with their spouses we have a lot of daughters and the, the daughters and the spouses and the kids and we have this huge breakfast and it centers largely around him. He was the biggest kid in the room. He was the one that said, I want everybody at my house at six o'clock in the morning. And everybody would whine and cry, Daddy, six o'clock. And I would go, honey, you know, that's too early. So we tried to kick it out and got it. I think we got it as far as 7, uh, 7 a.m. But at any rate, I expected. That's better. I think I expected them to re I, I I don't know. I don't know. It was not a good Christmas. It was not I got one of I felt like some people were rude. Yeah. Um I I bought a gift for a grandson and the gift was too small. It was some kind of pullover shirt. He's a big kid, but I got the big extra extra large and it was still too small and it kind of got thrown back at me not I was surprised to get the gift back saying this is too this is too small for him he can't wear this mm. and that started the downhill trend then it was um and I tell everybody don't let anybody push you faster than you are able to go. If yeah. you can't touch it, if you can't look at it, if you can't, don't want to smell it, you don't want to hang it in the closet, or you do want to leave it hanging in the closet, you need to do that. So near the, I'll just skip past to the 
to the end of that first year, I, um, one, one of the daughters, it, it was so much that happened that went wrong that year that I expected one set of, of reactions from the family and I, and I, and it was a horrible thing. And one of the girls asked if she could have one of my husband's shirts and he is a pastor and nobody has more shirts, white shirts, blue shirts, but especially white shirts than a preacher. So (laughs) I said, amen. (laughs) Are you a pastor? Were you a a preacher? I'm not, but I, you were, I you had know, a lot of involvement in, in ministry. Okay. <laughs> so I knew I had a, enough shirts, you know, he they could take a shirt. And, and it w- so this one daughter and her daughter went in. And the, the end result was I felt that they looted mm. the closet. This is going to this is going to show I better not say too much because somebody might, might hear this. But it was difficult because they wanted some of those items to take, but he died in October Mm -hmm. and here it is December. Mm -hmm. And, and anyway, it was um, kind of a disaster. I think that they didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to react. I couldn't cook like he cooked. He cooked like a short order cook in a hot restaurant and plates were flying and everything was good. But then I was trying to do what he did. And the other daughter was trying to help me. And then I was trying to give them a shirt, but then it was, Oh, can I have this? And can I have that? Oh, I want that. Oh, I remember I gave him this shirt. Can I have this? And, and, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to say stop. Yeah. I couldn't say stop. I felt that I couldn't say, no, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. So I just let them do what they wanted to do. And anyway, it did not turn out well. Um, over time, the Lord did speak to me. And I don't mean I heard a voice, you know, I'm not schizophrenic or anything, but he spoke to my heart and told me to be careful of the traditions Mm -hmm. that I set in place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be careful of the new things that you are, the the things that you make up that you say, I'm going to all, for example, there was a lady at our church who lost her mother, as many of us have. Mm-hmm. And so, so I really didn't even know that she had lost her mother years ago. But I said to her when I saw her, I think it was a Sunday after Mother's Day, I said, oh, I missed you yesterday, you know, or last week. I miss, I miss seeing you, you know, how are you doing? And she goes, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I don't, I don't go to church on Mother's Day. And, you know, really, I, I don't go. And I think that's what the Lord was saying to me. Why are you creating something? Be careful what you create, because then you've got to live with that thing. And it, there's nothing wrong, of course, with her staying home on Mother's Day or whatever. But to say, I will not go to church on Mother's Day. So for me, I, I, was, I tried to be careful uh, not to set in motion traditions and things to make me either, like, for example, I said, I'm going to be like Jackie O, Jackie Kennedy, mm-hmm. Jacqueline Kennedy. You guys were probably kids when they were around or not even no, born. Is, uh, 
you guys don't know who Jackie Kennedy is and you don't know who Jack Jack Kennedy is, but you know, he was the president of the United States back in the in the sixties. And they had a storybook marriage, Camelot and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. And it was all wonderful. And when Kennedy was assassinated and he died, she made a statement at one point um, that she would never remarry because there could never be, obviously, another him. And I felt that way. So I said that to myself. I don't know if I said it out loud, but I will never remarry. I will never do this. I will never do that. And the Lord wanted to caution me about saying such things because Jackie Kennedy did prove that when this handsome, elderly, filthy, rich (laughs) oil tycoon came into her life... (laughs) And he came with the boat and the money and the house and he didn't look bad for his age. And he thought she was the greatest thing since sliced bread. All of a sudden, Jackie Kennedy becomes Jacqueline O. Kennedy Onassis, the shipbuilding tycoon. So I'm still waiting, Annette, for my shipbuilding tycoon to, to come waltzing in. Because I know we're not, I'm not going to go into this, Craig. I know we're not talking about remarriage or anything like that. But one of these days, you're going to do one of those shows and I want to be on it. Uh, But I I probably could have been married ages ago. I'll tell you that story another time. But I had already made up in my mind, I was going to be Jacqueline Kennedy. I don't have anything in common with Jacqueline Kennedy. What would make me think that I need to do that? But when the anniversaries rolled around, I had almost a year. Well, I had what? He died in October. Our anniversary was June, Mm -hmm. June 29th. So I had from October to June to kind of think about it. And what happened was my so on the and then that was he died that that October. So one of my daughters called me and said, Mom, next, um, next, whatever the date was on the 29th, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come. No, this was the date of his death. I'm gonna come and pick you up, and we're gonna go and do whatever you want to do all day. Mm. Only thing is, you have to leave the house. You cannot stay because I had become a hermit. I didn't buy groceries. Mm. I literally did not buy groceries. One of my grandsons, who was three years old at the time, came to my house and he opened the pantry. I had floor to ceiling pantries that cut out in the middle. And he opened and he stood there like a full grown man and holding on to the pantry doors. And he's looking and he goes, dearest. You need to buy some groceries. And I said, I've got groceries, boy. Leave me alone. He goes, no, you don't. You don't have any pancakes. You have no cereal. You've got no milk. You've got, you don't have sauce. You don't have this and that. And I said, okay, okay. And that was the first time that I realized I hadn't even been buying groceries because he and I, Sharing a meal was what we loved. We loved going out. He was an awesome cook so we could eat in and he would serve me and it was wonderful. 
And then all that was gone. And I wasn't, so I didn't want to eat at all. Yeah. And, yeah. and I didn't, and I didn't, I didn't go to the beauty salon to get my hair done. I didn't wear makeup. I didn't buy clothes. I didn't shower every day because why should I? There's nobody here but me. So these pajamas are good. I wore them yesterday and I put them in a clean, when I got in the bed, the bed was clean. I was clean. It's still clean. What difference does it make? But it does get better. It really does get better. I'm going to stop talking now and come back in later. I just want to add it if I can. Yeah. One thing, one thing that she said that kind of struck me, you know, it's like the way that we grieve is so individual, but the way that we love was also individual. Yeah. Right? Your yeah. love story, how you fell in love, how you met, how you got married, yeah. yes. all of those things are individual to you. Mm -hmm. So why should anybody expect that your grieving process is going to be any different than that? That's right. Because like how you said, you know, he died in October and then Christmas was right there. And you didn't, right even, you didn't even know to say no. no. You didn't even have time no. to process that I might not be ready. To, I wasn't. Right. But because there wasn't now, like for me, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason for that was because when we were married, the first couple of years of our marriage, we went to his mom's house for everything for Thanksgiving. For mm -hmm. Christmas. Right. Right. We packed up and we went to his mom's house after about two and a half years of our marriage. I decided I wanted to start making our own traditions in right. our home. And I talked to him about it and I said, Hey, you know, would, would it be okay if we had a Thanksgiving at, our home with our kids and then go to your mom's house maybe the day after for dessert or whatever. So I talked to my mother-in-law. She was totally cool. Matter of fact, my mother-in-law actually gave me her recipe for the turkey because I had never cooked a turkey on my own before. Right, right. So she taught me, she said, oh yeah, I'll teach you all my secrets and this and that. So the first holiday that we had traditionally for our family was Thanksgiving. Mm. And so every year, you know, I learned how to cook a new thing and this and that. And it was like you said, it, because it, Thanksgiving is a holiday that's around quality time and yeah. the meal and the fellowship and being grateful and thankful. That's why I love that holiday so much, right. because it's not so much about gift giving and this and that. It's about yes. being together. Well, that first Thanksgiving, um, he died in July. And I knew I knew in August that I was not going to be able to do Thanksgiving. I knew oh. and I was like, nope, there's no, no way I'm going to wake up in this house and not have a husband to cook for. Right. Not have that husband. That husband. Before. That's right. So we left. Oh. I, I left. I went to Texas and I spent. You left the state? <laughs> I left. I didn't even want to wake up in this house. My God. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> and I packed up the kids and the dog and my mom. And, and we left went the state. And left. <laughs> I went to my best girlfriend. Craig, Craig, sis was serious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she oh, said, yeah. get out of Dodge. 
She meant get out of Dodge. Get out of Dodge, Chevy, and, and Plymouth, huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you know what? My best girlfriend that lives in Texas, when I talk to her, because, you know, that's the other thing about grieving is your circle, your support circle gets real small. Yes. And you really, exactly. you really do find out who your real friends are when you go through the hardest time of your life. Yeah. And my best girlfriend that was living in Texas, when I was talking to her, I said, girl, I can't do it. I can't wake up in this house. I don't care if I go rent a hotel room in downtown Nashville. I ain't waking up in this house on Thanksgiving morning. I cannot do it. Right. And she said, no, don't do it. Come here. She said, you bring the kids, the dog, whatever. Okay. She said, I don't want you to cook anything. I better not catch you picking up a plate and trying to wash it. Mm -hmm. She's like, you are a 100% a guest in my home and you're going to be served. And that's what happened. And let yeah. me awesome. What a huge blessing it was because all of the pressure to, because what we feel when we're grieving is that what we were used to, what was the same, what we, you know, you get in your, you get in your habits and you cook the same thing every year. You do that, you know, right. Now it's gone. And now you you feel like a foreigner in your own life. Yes. Oh, you're that's like, good. You feel like a foreigner in your own life. Yeah. You're like, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to move. I don't know how to act. I don't know what to do. I don't, you know, so I left. I packed up my bags. And I said, see you later. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I love that. But I this year, this year, I have decided this is going to be, this will be my third Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Right. And I told my kids the other day, we're having Thanksgiving in our home this year. And I feel ready to cook. Okay. I feel ready to wake up and, and prepare a meal for my family. Because I know now I've gone through a process of healing where now I know I don't have to pack up and leave. I feel ready. I'm going to cry. It's going to be sad. I'm going to play my Christmas music. I'm going to put up my Christmas tree. I'm going to do some of the same things that I used to do. Those weren't Jason's traditions. I did those things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do some of those same things, but you know, I might even bake his favorite pie and put it out for us to enjoy he used to be the one that used to bake. So maybe I'll do it this year in memory of him mm -hmm. and put it out. You just have to know where you are and it's okay if you're not ready and it's okay if you are. And nobody has permission to tell me that's right whether I'm ready or I'm not. That's, that's just, right. I'm sorry, too bad. You get to watch from the sidelines. I'm the one living it out. That's right. That is so <laughs> beautiful. Craig, what did, what did you, how did, what did you do? Th I forgot about Thanksgiving. For, that was, that was big in our, in our house too. Well, it was, it was funny. I was, while you all were talking, then and then when you brought Thanksgiving up as your favorite, I thought it was very prophetic for the Lord to actually have us do this topic right now, because in November, the, in November, at the time of recording, we're two and a half weeks, almost three weeks out from Thanksgiving. From Thanksgiving. So it's a very prophetic thing because 
people who are like us who may struggle with certain holidays, Thanksgiving being one, yeah, um, Christmas being a, you know an obvious other one, their yeah. birthdays, you know, our birthdays, their the their our anniversaries, their their anniversaries. It's it's a struggle, and other numerous holidays and landmarks, or somebody used the term hallmarks, can become landmines, and our bodies feel them even though we don't understand what's going on and it's funny and it, it's i hadn't dealt with some of these this stuff for myself in a while because that kind of after you have that moment of oh you kind of keep it pushing and mm-hmm. these all sound like stories where i've been and you know yeah on, you you know where yeah. i've been because and i don't say like and if you don't i'm just saying this way because you mentioned about thanksgiving and and creating and you both talked about creating new traditions and doing yeah. th- things that you're ready to do yeah. i started calling my aunt just kind of randomly when I was kind of trying to no longer feel like a foreigner in my own life. I love that. that. Great saying. I, I then had to figure out what was next and what I was going to do. And yeah. I was the one who always, you know, fried the turkey. I've been frying turkeys since, oh my gosh, 2001 when I got mm. married. So it was oh. easy for me to do that, but I did none of the other sides. And so I was like, okay, I'm lost now because I've got to keep up these traditions. I got to do these things. Come on, I got to come through in the clutch. And I wasn't able to because I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the recipe. You're like, how the hell do you make macaroni and cheese? Right. Macaroni and cheese, cornbread dressing. From scratch. Cornbread. Yeah, not the box stuff. The kids don't want that. They want that box junk. (laughs) Right. And. you know, and from my southern style cornbread dressing, Tennessee lady. <laughs> in, in 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 our house, my mother used to be the the pillar of cooking. So she, oh, yeah. with her being gone, and there was a you know there was an obvious small circle, and a lot of my immediate family was not in that circle, and yeah. so I didn't have access to the recipes that mom used to have. And even when mom was alive, she didn't allow you to gain access to some of her recipes. So if you weren't in the kitchen with her, you yeah. weren't with her, and that was it. And so. <laughs> That was all. And so I had to call my aunt and say, hey, do you remember how to make my mom's, you know, cornbread or my mom's, you know, oyster Oyster dressing? dressing. Yes. So I was on, I think for, I know one Thanksgiving or Christmas, I don't know what it was, one holiday, I was on this pursuit, great pursuit, a great hunt for the whole traditional Thanksgiving to recreate it and and bring back those past memories. Bring it back, yes. And so... I'm so thankful that my aunt was there to be able to provide me those key elements and help walk me through. And I did make a call, like you said, to someone who I needed that mac and cheese. So I called a person that I wanted a mac and cheese recipe. But so I was piecing things together Yeah, and we got it. And we had, I remember one year, it was probably our worst year since our, the loss of my wife, we were living in this super tiny condo. Well, my dad's condo. So we were, it was my, me, my four youngest sons and I had re- been reduced from a 3,700 square foot home with plenty of space for everybody to get lost in to this 900 square foot condominium with yep. our stuff and my dad's stuff and my sister's car in the garage and my dad's stuff in the garage and trying to figure out a way to put our stuff in that same garage and pass through all that stuff. And I got a migraine halfway through meal prep. I wonder wonder why. I wonder why. And I had to talk my son, Caden, my, I don't even remember how old he was at that time, but 
he I walked him through how to make and fry turkey and do other things. So he no learned way. how to do mac and cheese. Oh and my stuff God. Because I was laid out Sur- with migraine. Survival mode. You just kicked in. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. So by the time I got things handled, and, and, and that was also the year I didn't know that once you laid a turkey out in the water to, to thaw, I thought, I remember my mom used to lay that thing out for sometimes two to four days in the water. Yeah, because it was frozen. Because it was frozen. Yeah. We did that with that turkey. And then and it put was, it in the grease? Well, no, we, did, we didn't even make it to the grease. Oh. Because it had molded. No way. No way. Oh, my God. It had molded. Oh, these are great stories. We, we need to co-author some books. You know what <laughs> so, and I had folks coming over to the house. Wait. You, you had a, a turkey mm-hmm. that you bought. That I bought. That was frozen. And you put it in the water. In the water. In the sink, so in that it sink. would. Uh, how many days before oh. you? Because that's oh. my way. Mom used to do it. No, it wouldn't take that long. No, and that's that's. But 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 see, you didn't know that. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It wasn't until okay. Remember that was probably in 2015, 16, 2016 ish, right? When mm-hmm. we made that move. We made that mold. <laughs> well, I made that mold, right? I didn't know until this moment to you said it. Mm-hmm. I carried the grief and the guilt for leaving that thing out and ruining Thanksgiving until oh. this moment that you said it wouldn't have. Taken I'm so sorry, but that no. was a good one. No, no, if but, we but, don't but laugh it, at some of this stuff. No, no, but but think of it. You've actually helped me with the healing because I thought it was my fault that it molded that it no. had been laying out because that no. turkey was frozen solid. I didn't process through the logic of. It takes more than four days for something to mold, even leaving it out. Yeah. So we had to run to find a grocery store that was open on Thanksgiving after my migraine Mm. and be able to find enough turkey parts because there weren't no turkeys left. Oh, no, no, no. You could get turkey wings. I found some smoked wings, some smoked drumsticks. I found a couple of uh, turkey breast packages. We piece together enough parts and parts. That's funny. To <laughs> actually fry it. But you made it work. You made it work. And yeah. nobody knew that we had had such a dramatic episode yeah. leading up into that part. Yeah. And, the, and, and then you probably never, I don't think I knew you when I was staying at my dad's condo, but my dad's, that kitchen in that condo, because that was my original condo that my parents bought. It was probably smaller than this space that I'm sitting in right now yeah. with with <laughs> cabinets, counter, stove, sink, sink mm-hmm. dishwasher was that chair. So imagine at some point my 17, well, he's 17 years now, but my son and I trying to both exist in the same space mm-hmm. with me trying to teach wobbling around post and pre migraine and then trying to do all this stuff in that one sp- and then serve and have people in that space to eat and it see was, what, Craig but this is the thing about it now that you're sitting here telling this story which is hilarious by the way it's a great <laughs> story <laughs> not at the time yeah. but look how already even without trying new traditions just kind of yeah. happen because they, you know emerge. yeah yeah it's just like you know you piecing together the thought of you piecing together a turkey to make it work i would have got a ham by the way and just been like, <laughs> we had one too we had a ham too turkey and ham. Turkey. Oh, yeah. but i even i even thought this year i was like you know 
maybe I'll even just order a honey baked ham, like a smoked honey. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to smoke. Maybe I'll just order a smoked honey baked ham and start some new stuff. It kind of just organically, because we evolve, right? Yeah, we evolve. And as you, like, I can't, I can't imagine where I'm going to be at 15 years, you know, post. I couldn't either. Who knows? I might be on a cruise on my way to Greece on Thanksgiving by myself or with my oil tycoon. I don't know. You know, you just don't. We just have to remember that when it comes to all of those things, right? The holidays, the anniversaries, the birthday, like remember looking back and remembering what we did together, somehow trying to honor that, Mm -hmm. incorporate that, even just talk about that. Yeah. I mean, even just sharing a story, like when we do sit down to have Thanksgiving and remember how funny it was, you know, that, you know, when, when dad tried to cut the, you know, cut the turkey and this and that happened or tell the stories of the things we remember, but mm-hmm. now doing the new things like piecing together a damn turkey with parts. Like, parts you know? Creative, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of our individual stories. Yes. Is that we remember the things that that person, that person's presence and life added to our story, but then remember how we are still here living. We are still here. We have to walk it out. We have That's to continue bit. to yeah. remember, yeah. but we have to continue continue to add because, like, none of my kids are married. Mm. I have I have one son that is engaged, mm-hmm. and he's going to get married next September. I think about that, and I'm like, wow, it's what about that Thanksgiving? That's going to be the first Thanksgiving that I have a daughter in law. Yeah. Yes, that's going to bring in new things where I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe she's going to want to cook something to add to the, to add to the, maybe we'll go to their house for Thanksgiving. And what if I she can't cook. What if she can't cook? Actually, what if, she, what if she, <laughs> puts, what if she puts raisins in her coleslaw? Oh Lord, have mercy. I'll bring <laughs> her own coleslaw. <laughs> but you know, those are the things that it's like, it's always going to be so, like you, your boys are not married, right, Craig? No, no, but my oldest has a girlfriend, and so we're that's becoming first because and jumping in here right here with you is this year we've been trying. He just built his had his first house built, and he just moved in a few weeks ago, and so he you're been kidding? Guys, no, he's he's only he, twelve. He can't be married <laughs> or anything. Well, he's he's a little older than 12, but oh my god, it's it's hard to believe that he's got this far. And we want to go celebrate him. And he wanted us to come out at a certain time. And well, but he knows what the life of an athlete because his two younger brothers are still in high school and they're in sports. So the Thanksgiving through Christmas time for football and basketball transition is is hectic and treacherous in terms of trying to find some time. And then the two brothers in the middle. The 19 and the and now 18 year old, they're both working. And so at the same place, and it's holiday season because it's retail. So it's becoming challenging for them to get days off. So it's hard for us to find a way to go yeah. celebrate him in his new home that he said he bought so that we could come and stay 
because oh. it would be enough space for all of us to come. This kid is living in any kid. This dude is living in a four bedroom, three bath home. That's awesome. Is he in Arizona? Where in Arizona. Oh my! And I'm God. like, why'd you buy such a big house, dude? It's just you. The family plans for his right. family. Right. <laughs> and so we were planning to come out. So well, we can't come on this day, that day, this day. So why don't we just come out the week before Thanksgiving? We found a window that we could make work. And okay. We were like, oh, we had, in my mind, we were already there. Yeah. And he was his response back to the text message. Oh no, my girl's parents are going to be here that week, so I won't have room. And I was like. <laughs> You got new challenges when those kids start changing. Right. Oh my god! Right. Yeah. So I even when I love his, you know, his girl to death. So it wasn't like it, I was mad, but I was more the disappointed. Like, oh, but I wasn't disappointed because because they, they were, were coming. coming. You couldn't. Right. It was a disappointment that our schedule was getting in the way and not allowing us to share at a holiday time. That was the part that was that was hard for me to take. And I had to walk through it and, it, and it's okay. And I had, I think one of you, I think, and then you mentioned it earlier, we had to give ourselves that grace. You have to, to give yourself grace. To allow that to be. And and Shane understood what it was like to have our holidays torn apart, yep. especially at Christmas, where when when his mom was alive, we were chasing the basketball, trying to get around Christmas really quick because the very next day, Shane had to be on the court because he was on the court the day before at a tournament. And one of us was trying to drive him around and get him to and fro and so be the supportive parents while still trying to have a holiday. So he gets it, but it's still a part of this holiday loss that we're yeah. still walking through in our case, almost 10 years, 10 years later, almost. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it's nine. She died in 2013. Um, so well, as we walk through this, mm-hmm. what are you all doing with this Thanksgiving? Because, well, you know what? Yeah, let's go through that. Because we'll walk through this Thanksgiving, and then we'll come back to the to the married part. You picked up on something, and then then we'll then we'll end our sessions there. So, for this Thanksgiving, for those of us who are in Thanksgiving, we talk about what we're thankful for and how we're going to act this year. New traditions. We're kind of just going to begin to introduce that conversations. Old traditions. What is on the deck for this Thanksgiving, and for you all individually? Um. Annette, I'll go first this time. Um, One of the traditions that I came up with, I knew that it was not, first of all, all of my, all of our kids were gone, grown and gone. So I didn't have any five-year-olds, no eight-year-olds. These guys were all, all the girls were married. Everybody had their own home when he died. Um, Only one of the 11 kids was still living in the house with me. And very shortly, he bought a house and moved out. And I stayed in the six bedroom house by myself. I stayed there for two years, daughter came and all that. So all these guys were gone. And I just, um, I would have, if, if I knew I had already tried the, the traditional family gatherings and for whatever reason, I don't blame them. I'm sure they were struggling with how to, you know, it is easy to say, well, she wouldn't come. And this one was uh, acting ugly. And there was some all kinds of stuff that, that happened that I didn't expect to happen. And 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 it did. People grieve and bring up old issues. And I felt like they were just whatever. But anyway, I knew that it was not going to be good 
for me to sit there in this house. I don't know if you guys remember in high school reading a book called Great Expectations. Mm -hmm. I will never forget my English lit teacher who had us read that book in class. And it was about a woman who was going to be married. Her name was Miss Haversham. Mm-hmm. And it, the book is great. It's a classic, Great Expectations. And she stayed in that house in her faded yellow. The husband never came and he, she didn't get the marriage and all that. So she became a hermit and stayed in that house by herself. And there was a temptation for me to do that. And I thought, no, that's not going to work. So what I started doing was At first, I was waiting for people to invite me. Mm -hmm. Like, if I know you, I wanted you to do what your friend did for you. I wanted Annette to say, Mary, do you want to come be with us? I didn't want to say, Annette, can I come to your house? Okay. So I wanted people to do that. Even after church on Sundays, I didn't know what to do with myself and where to go because we were always either taking a visitor somewhere or dropping off the kids or going to whatever. So I finally figured out that what I would do is I would try, I would invite myself. So this year, and I've been doing it for a while, and I found that they loved it. Like one day, one Sunday before I got to the Thanksgiving, and I, I'll be brief if I can. Um, I was standing around waiting for somebody to say, because I was a pastor's wife. Mm-hmm. So I'm you weren't just I'm, a pastor's I, wife. You were the bishop's wife. I was a bishop's wife. So somebody is going to want to go to lunch with me or take me out or we go, whatever. Nobody did. So finally, I realized, I said to myself, they don't know what you're thinking. Yeah. Everybody like, and so what I, I I tried this approach first, like, Annette, what are you, what are you going to be doing for dinner today? Mm-hmm. And, and I would get a response like, I don't know. I have to check with, with Josh and see what Joshua wants to do. Was that his name? Joshua? Jason. No, Jason. I got to check with Jason and see what Jason. So you didn't give me the right answer. So then I go to Craig, Craig, um, <laughs> What are, you, what, are you, what are you and the boys doing today? Oh, I don't know. Because at this point, you've got Sandy, right? She's not gone yet. Um, oh, um, I don't know what Sandy wants to do. So I, I, so then I felt stupid because then I, I put myself out there to ask two people. But what I asked was, what are you doing? Right. And, and they're always like, well, I don't know. So then finally, I went to the house where I'm going this Thanksgiving was that house 15 years ago, not that house, but that family, that portion of the family. So I said to Robert and Renee, they live up in Murrieta now. I said, Renee, what are you doing for dinner today? And she goes, I don't, the same answer. They all read the same script. I don't know what Robert wants to do. Um, I gotta, I don't know. Nobody got it. And I said, well, whatever you're doing, I'm doing it with you. Nice. And she goes, Oh, okay. And so my grandkids, her kids said, they call me Grandma Lou. Grandma Lou, um, you're you're coming over? And I said, yes, I'm coming over. I'm, I said, if you do hamburgers, I'm in. If you go to the taco shop, I'm in. If you cook, I'm in. So what are you going to do? And they were delighted. Yeah. But I had to put myself out there. So yeah. then I just started saying, and only once in 15 years 
did I invite myself to a house? And the person said, no, please don't come to my house. It's, um, it's not ready. And I said, I don't, I, I don't care. It, no, no, this, this is not a good time. And I felt really stupid. But then I thought, you know what? I'm going to keep asking. So I called Renee um, a few, a couple of a month or so, two ago. And I said, I'm going to come up and spend the week Thanksgiving weekend with you guys. Really? And, um, and that's what I started doing is I, and I have this thing that I will, I will visit for food. I said, I'm going to make me a sign like the homeless people. And I, and it says, We'll visit for food. If you cook for me, I will visit you. I'm making yep. a shirt of that before the end of this weekend. I will visit for food. You know how you know how those those. And so I thought, and then so we started another tradition on Christmas where we would go see whatever movie was opening on Christmas Day. And so we go we we go with those grandkids. So I found a way to like I was thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna join you guys Craig one day I'm gonna just crash your cotton picking party you are, welcome you. To, you are welcome to come to my Thanksgiving on your way to or from Robert's place because you got I have to pass your house to get to theirs both ways so coming and going and you already have an open invitation for any holiday you want so you don't even have to we just you have the address if you already had it because you've been here before so, okay you've been and in studio here in my house. Before. You're in the in the studio where we were? Yes, ma'am. And see, see, Annette doesn't know this, but I may show up in Tennessee one time. Girl, my door is wide open. Because you already know. You can I would, make the mac and cheese. <laughs> uh, no, my husband made the mac and cheese. I'll have to buy the little blue and gold box. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll take we'll take care of the mac and cheese. I'll, I'll send you some for her. You can mac and cheese. I got you. Yeah, I help yeah. her. I got you. Because now that you. now that COVID is over, I can travel. So hey, you never yeah. know. Yeah. But yeah. So that's I go house to house and I eat for food. And so let me tell you how it evolved. It really got at first it started out as just a dinner. And then uh so maybe as the evening wears on, it's nine o'clock or whatever. And I go, oh my God, I gotta get out of here and go home. And they said, Why don't you just stay all night? And I go, I can't. I I can't stay all night. I I need to go home. When you get a curfew? Well, <laughs> Mr. Smarty Pants, I said to, so then it occurred to me, why can't I stay all night? There's nobody at home. There's nobody there. I don't even think we, I think the dog was gone. We didn't, the kids bought me a dog. I didn't even have a dog. So it was like, I said, I guess I can. I don't need a blanket because I'll be flashing throughout the night. So get <laughs> I visit for food. If you if you feed me, I'll come visit you. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah, I <laughs> I love that that whole thought of will uh, visit for food again. I'm going to make that for sure. And I was texting. I need son. a size extra large, and I'll buy it from you. I want an extra large of that. Well, the kids it. would love it if I yeah. showed up with that shirt. Yeah, no doubt. Because there's a lot of people that are like us that don't want people. Sorry, we don't want people in our business to a lot of degree because they don't understand this. No. Because, and we've found that, unfortunately, over experience with them. Mm -hmm. 
but we really do want people in our life because we're in some cases we're terrifyingly lonely. Yeah. Right? And it's, oh, don't go there, you guys. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's I'm, another podcast. <laughs> right. But we have to be we have to be real with it. Right. Yeah. You got to be real. You got to be because we're we find ourselves sometimes in that space where even a crowded room is vacant and alone. We're there by ourselves and there's crickets even amongst concert noise. And there's there's even in our homes where it's too loud because the silence is so deafening that we can't sleep. And then as we get some of us have gotten a little older and the kids kind of find themselves not really needing us in my case, don't necessarily need me as often. Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, okay, I've been a caregiver since oh one. What the hell am I going to do now? I have no one. Who to are you if you're not taking care of somebody? Care right. for yourself. And that's the hardest thing to do. Self-care. But who was I? And somebody asked me not too long ago, you know, after my wife had been gone, he was like, oh, they were like, what do you, you know, what do you like to do when, come on, what do you want to do for fun? Just go do that. And I was like, I couldn't think about couldn't anything think of a thing. Yeah. I wanted to do for fun because yes. what the heck have I done for fun over the last, you know, almost 10 and a half years of marriage and then into, you know, seven, eight years of widowship, widowership. There's nothing fun in those years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's okay. So you go back to the married years. That's again, another yeah. podcast, it's Craig. Another po- I know, huh? <laughs> We've got to do this again. Please. Well, let's That's do that. another podcast. Yeah. I have so much to say about that. Well, then let's do this. I digress. I mean, and I know we're on here and we're still recording. I get it. But why don't we, this, and this may be the good segue to stop and come back. Yeah, yeah. If you all would commit to another time, mm-hmm. yeah. I would commit to another time. Just text me after this is over. If, even if it's this same time next week, whatever it is, I would love to have it because this is something that's needed. This is something that's important. It People is. like ourselves, need, even if it's nothing but cathartic and therapeutic for us. Amen. For those who've been listening to us, we are, you, you've been watching and listening to the Raising Men Show uh, we're right here on WKBY at AM out of Chatham, Virginia. We're also on WJRG out of uh, Connecticut. And that is also Connecticut, Connecticut's number one streaming gospel radio station. And also on Remnant Media and all the rest of the affiliates. We thank you for being a part of our show today. Be ready for us next time. We will continue to discuss this discussion about, you know, lessons we have to learn and some lessons we have to teach and we will continue this subtopic of it's our anniversary and we're moving obviously into thankfulness and we who knows we must be getting into uh new relationships for the next chapter and who knows where we're going this with this thing but they're all lessons that we have to learn and they're all lessons we have to teach